What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast. I'm Nick Ruffin. I'm your host, and so glad you're with me for another week. And whether this is your first time or 40th time, I just pray and hope that you've been gaining insight and knowledge from each episode of this podcast so far, especially in season two that we've been in since May of 2020. And as always, um, I just encourage you to follow us on Instagram at this is Vantage Point um, and leave us a rating or review. If you listen through Apple Podcasts, I would love to know uh, what are you gaining from Vantage Point? How has it impacted you? Um, and what would you like to see from Vantage Point as well? And so uh, this episode that we're in is actually going to be the series finale of this amazing series we've been in called Seasons. Um, but I wanted to let you know that next week uh, we're actually going to start our new series called Perspectives. And this is actually going to be the last series of 2020, um, which is also coincidentally the last uh, series and conclusion of Season 2 of Vantage Point. Um, and then Season 3 will actually launch on February 1st, uh, that's right, 2-1-21 will be the, uh, the new Season 3 of Vantage Point. Uh, but don't worry, in January we're going to have some uh, bonus episodes with a couple of special guests just talking through some things. Um, but we're going to kick that off and then be on the watch on our social media at This Is Vantage Point on Instagram for um, what is uh, what God has in store for Season 3 and for 2021. I'm telling you right now, the series, the messages, they're going to be great. They're going to be impactful. Um, they're going to continue to challenge and mold you and help you walk this Christian walk and this life walk that we're doing together. And so um, definitely want to, uh, you definitely want to stay tuned to that. Definitely want to be connected with us. Um, but before we jump into part four of season, I just want to recap on week three, uh, where we looked at the life of Noah, and we focus on four things that we cannot forget in the midst of our seasons. And the first point we talked about last week was don't forget your obedience. And we looked at obedience as being the key that unlocks doors that we would never think possible to open. And, and as God gave Noah specific instructions and in building the ark and other areas of his life, he was able to provide, um, he was able to um, be obedient to those specific instructions during those seasons. And the next thing we looked at uh, was uh, we can't forget our patience. We can't, um, what, what helps us stay patient um, in our seasons is the confirmations that God send us in the in the and which affirms where we need to be and we're right where we where we need to be in those seasons. Um, and we also talked about patience isn't the full understanding of God's God or His timing, but it's the ability to help uh, suppress the annoyance or delay of that promise. Right, and uh, that led us into point three, which was don't forget your faith. Uh, we know faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen but promised by God. And when we remember what God promised us, we can stand on those promises um, and have faith. His promises are still being fulfilled, even in the midst of tough seasons. Um, and our last point, very key, which is going to connect us here in week four, but we can't forget our worship. Um, even in the midst of our worst seasons, um, we have to stop and give God worship, which affirms that whatever we're going through, whether that's a building season or writing to God, writing God's wrath during a flood like Noah, um, or even reaching the moment of getting off the ark, that you know Noah still chose to build an altar and still gave God worship um, that he was worthy of. 
and 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 really that last point uh, just really just lingered with me um, as I went through the week trying to prepare for week four um, because there was um, there's so much that we've covered when we look at seasons we go through um, and and I mentioned this last week but I really felt God in this series wanted a hard focus on tough seasons and 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 you know if you look back and we look back you know we rarely have. Um, a problem navigating great seasons in our lives, but it's the difficult ones, the stressful ones, uh, the unbearable ones that tend to shake us. Um, and and there are seasons, um, you know, in those seasons we question God, we get angry with God, and we get a wrong perspective. And so when you think about, even look at the environmental seasons we experience, right? No one has to tell us how to navigate spring or summer. You know, we already have plans for those. We know what we're going to do. We know what we're not going to do. Um, those are like seasons of vibrance, life, joy, energy, right? New growth, longer days, more opportunities to see the world. Uh, but when fall comes and then winter comes, you know, that new growth falls away. Cold air comes in, days are getting shorter, nights are getting longer, and that fun and excitement of summer goes away. Um, and this is actually something that has been pretty consistent in in our society and and um, there's a there's an organization called Gallup who you may have heard of that they, they do a lot of surveys and polls uh, for anything whether it's politics random questions and this is actually a question that has been asked for decades um, and, and if you really think about it like which seasons do people like the most right um, and in every decade from the 1940s 1960s to 2000s um, People have liked, have, they have actually loved spring the most, right? That new season, new growth, warmer weather, longer days are soon to be coming. Um, and there's like a huge margin of, of like when it comes to spring and winter. Um, so with anything, you know, like when we like or dislike something, our attitudes or mindsets, they change based on the season we're in. And this this leads me back to the last point from week three is it seems that, you know, whenever whatever season we're in, um, there's a praise that has to happen no matter how we feel. And too often we let our seasons dictate our praise, but it should be that our praise is the constant in every season we face. And so for week four, there's three words I want to leave you with that are the title of this episode, and that's praise him anyway. And when I think back to our main scripture for this whole series, which was Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8, we're told that everything, uh, for everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose or matter under heaven. Um, that means everything that we experience on heaven, um, on earth, excuse me, falls under a season in some way, shape, or form, right? And it even goes on to say it, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck um, to which what has been planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and 
uh, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to reap and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. And really, when I when I read that scripture, when I when I kind of play that back in my head, um, the truth is is that we will all experience most if not all of what is what we just listed in Ecclesiastes 3. Um, and seasons, just like spring, summer, autumn, winter will come, but instead of taking a poll about which season we like or dislike, um, our, our focus should be on our response in every season because we know we're going to, every season we experience is going to be different. They're going to last a certain amount of time. They're not going to all be the same. They're going to occur at different moments, whether we're ready for them or not. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, you, you may have noticed that every, every week I post the new episode, um, I actually use a song from the Fugees, uh, that's a, um, a, a group from the 90s that the verse says, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. And I instantly think our seasons are that way, right? They're, they're, they're coming, um, whether we're ready for them or not. And, and most of the time, we won't necessarily see them coming, but I believe the constant in every season we have has to be our praise and worship. And I want to give you this illustration and picture it this way. Um, a thermometer, so picture a thermometer in your mind. Um, a thermometer is a device that reacts to the temperature it's placed in, right? And so we know that if we take a thermostat, thermometer and we place it in hot water, it's going to register a temperature. If it registers in cold water, it's going to give us a temperature. But a thermostat is what we have in our homes, even in our cars. Um, and, and that thermostat is a device that sets the temperature in a given environment. And so I want you to look at it this way. Um, our seasons that we experience in life have the potential to turn us into a thermometer, right? Constantly changing how we feel, how we how we think, depending on the season we're in. Great seasons were up, tough seasons were down. Birth and new beginnings on great loneliness and death. Nope, we don't want to deal with that, so we're low. Um, but this is where our praise comes in. When we praise God anyway, uh, we're, we are literally telling our seasons that no matter when you come, no matter how you come or what you bring, our praise remains constant. Um, and, and think about it this way. In, in, um, in our seasons, um, whatever they bring, whether that's emotions, anxiety, you know, like anxiety, fear, or anything else you can think of, those seasons are now tempered by the atmosphere our praise and worship creates. Um, our praise literally sets the temperature of our atmosphere. So while we're still experiencing seasons, we're not shaken by them. And I think about, you know, right now we're, we're in, in getting into the beginning stages of winter, leaving fall. Um, and it doesn't matter for me whether it's fall, winter, summer, spring, the temperature in my house, I try to keep it 70 to 72 degrees. And, and, and like I said, it doesn't matter what's going on outside of the house whether the heat is on or the air is on, 72 is where it stays. And despite what's going on around me, what season I'm experiencing on the outside of the house, the atmosphere I'm in 
has been set to endure the season. Sure, I'll have to go outside and deal with the season I'm in and walk through it, but I know when I return to my house, when I return to my place of refuge, I'm protected. And this is why in our seasons we have to praise him anyway. Um, and, and I want you to grab a hold of this concept because it's, it's vital to who we are as children of God. It's, it is literally innately in us to worship and praise God. Um, and, and worship is not just what we do in church or it's not a genre of music. It's literally, you know, that's something the world has flipped it in. You know, it's not the two fast songs and the two slow songs at church. You know, I, it goes deeper than, than a playlist on our phone. It's literally the only thing we give back to God. And, and this is God who has done so much for us. Um, we can give him thanks. We can give him honor. We can give him adoration. We can lift him up. And we all, and we do those things in worship. And, and, and I love what Psalms 100 uh, verse 4 and 5 says. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. And, and even Psalms 151 through 6 says it like this in, in, in the message version. It says, Hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him for with a blast on the trumpet. Praise him by the strumming of soft spring, strings. Praise him with the castanets and dance. Praise him with the banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with the fiddles and the mandolin. Let every living, breathing creature Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and and why do we do that? Why why is that sound so passionate? Why is that scripture giving us whatever we have, whatever we wherever we are, praising God as long as we have breath? And that really leads me to my first point and and why we praise him anyway, because it shows his worth. And I'm telling you now, what you're gonna see in each of these points, it's gonna start with the S. So it's gonna be the five S's of praising him anyway. Um, and the first one, we it shows his worth. Um, and when we t when we take a moment to praise God, we're literally showing that we understand we understand his worth. Uh, when you look at the definition of worth, um, it is defined as the value of someone or something measured by its qualities or by the esteem in which it is held. Um, we can live in a mindset that when difficult seasons come, that God is somehow de devalued, you know? Um, like, do we, do we know, do you know that, that God is always and, and literally always worthy of our praise. It doesn't matter what season we're in. He literally is worthy of that. And when you think, like, why is that? Like, why is God always worthy of our praise? And, and for one, it's the grace that he extends us is a reason why he's worthy of our praise. I mean, even while we were still sinners, um, it's something that always comes to mind in Romans 5 and 8. When I think about God's grace, it literally shows us his demonstration of love for us, His the amount of grace he has for us to even accept us in our mess and still send his son for us to the cross so we might have relationship with him. Um, God is all, he's worthy of our praise and worship because he's our creator. In, in chapter 4 of Revelation, John sees this vision 
uh, of God on the throne in heaven, and he's surrounded by these elders and these creatures who are literally worshiping him, and they are saying, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all living things, and by your will they were created and have their their being. Uh, we even saw this in week two when we talked about Job's life, and God literally gave this PhD-level understanding of the world we live in and how he orchestrates it and runs it and sustains it and even challenges uh, Job to compare his life to operating the heavens and the earth as God does. Um, and, and this is someone who who literally created all that we see and so much more that we don't see. Um, and, and again, he's our creator. He deserves our praise. He's worthy of that praise because because he's Lord, right? It's, it's not something we hear a whole lot today, but biblical times, like the word Lord was, was always used. And, and it literally means the one who was in charge. God is, is the sovereign Lord who rules heaven and earth. And, and first Chronicles 16, 29 says it this way. It says, give the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his whole splendor. We read us. We read that small piece. We read some small pieces of Psalms earlier, but literally the book is filled with calls to praise the Lord. Um, you know, another re- reason we we call him worthy is because he's our redeemer. Uh, we we see that in the life of Job and, and Noah, um, God calling people to Himself for His for for the purpose of His kingdom, um, and, and He'll literally use anyone at any moment in any season to draw us closer to him. And the reality is, and whether you believe it or not, um, it it holds true. We're all sinful humans created for a specific purpose. We We are not perfect, but yet God still will use us and redeem us and, um, take us to new heights, take us to new, new levels, new glories, new, new mercies every day. And literally because of that redemptive nature, he's worthy of our praise. Uh, and when we understand his worth, um, in our lives, it's literally paramount to navigating our seasons because we know that all things God places before us works for our good. We know that from Romans eight twenty eight, um, and our praise to Him should remain constant no matter what seasons uh, come our way. Uh, and, and that really leads me to point two uh, of of why we praise Him anyway because it's going to shift your focus. Um, we, we know seasons are going to come and we, we know that those tough seasons that we experience have a way of shifting our focus away from God. Um, we'll, we'll tend to focus on what we feel, what we lost, what we should have gotten, what we gained. Uh, we focus on, you know, trying to understand the why behind every season we're going through. Um, but when we, when we reach down and praise God in those seasons, we fix our focus on him. Our praise and worship becomes um, operated in truth, um, and it's based on a desire and yearning to honor God. Um, and, and really, it takes personal revelation of God 
found through the Word of God um, to really connect in that way to understand how that shift happens. Um, and, and again, our, our ability to praise and worship is not based on whether we want to, whether we like to or dislike it. It's not based on personal preferences or priority. Our chief goal is to place our focus on Him. Um, and, and even talking about shifting focus, I'm reminded of Peter um, in the boat with Jesus in Matthew 14, where the disciples are on a boat, they're in the rough sea, rough waters, waves, everything, wind, and Jesus literally comes to them as he walks on water. And in verse 28, Peter calls to him and says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Um, And in verse 29, Jesus tells him to come. So Peter begins to walk toward Jesus on the water. And it's such an inspiring picture that in the midst of this boat that they're on, surrounded by the waves, the, the everything you could think of um, in this moment, Peter fixed his focus. He shifted his focus away from his dilemma, away from his, his moment, his season, and he fixed his eyes on Jesus. He focused on Jesus, um, and, and he literally move was moving toward Jesus, not worried about his surroundings. But then in verse 30, it, it really brings this point home. And it says, but when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And literally the moment his surroundings kicked up, his focus shift away from Jesus and it went back to his situation and he started to drown. And our seasons will have us like Peter, more focus on the winds and the waves and less focus on God. And I want you to really think about that because when we praise God and when we give him that worship, we give God our focus, our undivided attention. We, we don't see the waves of our seasons. We don't see the winds of the seasons. We don't see the storms. We, we literally focus on God. It's not that we don't know that they're not there, but we fix and shift our focus to him. And, and when we do that, it leads me to point three. And, and, and we praise him anyway because it solidifies your position. Um, and, and just to think about that word solidifies, right? Solidify is, is something to make secure, substantial, or firmly fixed. And I love those last two words, firmly fixed, because literally in the midst of these seasons, our praise solidifies our position. We take a position of gratitude, adoration, and honor to God. And the season we're in doesn't matter because, again, back to Ecclesiastes, we know that everything under heaven has a time and a place and is ordained by God. We don't take positions of fear or worry but we, because we're standing firm on the word of God. We're standing firm on the adoration and honor we're giving God. And this is something we see um, even in the life of King David, when he's faced with a loss and, and pain, and 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 we and and if you don't know, David is a man of, of many mistakes, um, and and what we see in this scripture is the death of his child um, was the consequence of some of those mistakes, um, and, and and despite the 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 surrounding reasons why the loss of a loved one, right? And again, a time that we talked about this, a time of, of, you know, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And, and, and literally the Bible tells us, um, that David in the midst of his pain and anguish solidified his position. And in second Samuel twelve twenty, it says, then David got up from the ground and he washed 
After he washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Um, and in week two, we witnessed the same moment played out with Job as Job is being literally stripped away from everything God has given him from terms of blessing, his family, his his livestock, his his possessions, his everything, even his health. Um, the question is, will he still worship God? Um, and, and all as, as all of us around the globe, you know, we're dealing with this this year of 2020 right? Raging pandemic, social injustice, poverty, sickness, and what position will we take? You know, do we do we bow down and submit ourselves as defeated or, or do we stand firm and lift our hands and voices to God in the midst of those seasons, in the midst of these tough seasons that we're in right now in 2020, whether it's COVID-19 or whatever it is, do we do we get into this hunkered down position of defeat or do we solidify the position we're going to be in and raise our hands and voices to God and praise and worship? Um, and, and that really brings me to the to my fourth point of, about praising him anyway. It, it stifles our enemy. And, and think about our toughest seasons. Um, there, there's nothing the enemy would love more than to keep us isolated, keep us doubting, um, keep us questioning God in the midst of those tough seasons. And, and, and let me be clear, our enemy, yes, is the devil, but we know that that it could be spiritual things we're dealing with, people in, in the world we're dealing with, um, and, and even to a, to a degree, we can be dealing with ourselves um, in, in, in the midst of our seasons because now we're questioning our own um, feelings and thoughts and becoming insecure. Um, but, but one of the scriptures that, that tells us the direct plans of the, of the devil, and it's in John 10, 10, and it says the the thief comes to only, only comes to steal and kill and destroy. It, it is in the toughest seasons that we tend to hear the whisper of the enemy the loudest. He literally tries to make us accept defeat, tells us why, you know, has us questioning God, has us questioning ourselves, have us questioning our faith, and we'll and we'll find ourselves in this position of of listening to his voice louder than the word of God. And and, and the one thing I love about praise is it literally um muffles the enemy. And when you think about the word stifles, it literally means to silence something. And our praise will silence the enemy and his attempts to destroy our lives with doubt, confusion, and lies. And even when we look at at Paul and Silas in, in Acts chapter 16, um, where they were in prison in Macedonia, uh, verses 25 to 20, 27 says that while they were in prison, chained, um, they began to pray and sing hymns to God. And in the moment of praise, the other prisoners were listening and violent a, a violent earthquake happened and all the prison doors flew open and the chains were broken. Like literally our praise has the power to break chains. The power of their praise was that great that even the jailers began to seek salvation and, and stifle the enemy and stifle the, the, the prison, right? They, they're literally in prison. Um, and I've even heard it taught where they were like in like solitary confinement type prison. Like they were underneath, like deep in prison, not just like on the, you know, in there, but they were like in there, in there. 
Um, and even in First Samuel, we see kind of the spiritual enemy um, with King Saul, where he's tormented um, by the by a spirit that God sent. And, and David, they literally went searching the kingdom for somebody that could help him. And David um, would come and play, uh, take his lyre and play for King Saul. And, and the scripture even says that Saul was refreshed as well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Our, our praise will literally cause spiritual enemies to leave us. And when you think about Job or Paul and even King Saul, the one thing about praise is clear, and, and that leads me to my fifth and final point uh, for, for praise him anyway, it will settle your spirit. Um, and, and when you look at the definition of settle, to be settled is to come to rest. And there is something about worship that provides us a peace that we can't always fully understand or comprehend. But I want you to think about it in this way. Like when, when it came to Noah, he, he had a relationship with God. We established that in, in uh, last week. And, and then you read, the, you read the verse where it says, Noah did everything God commanded him to do. And, and that's a real stark contrast from Moses who made every excuse to God on why he couldn't do uh, what God wanted. And I feel that there's this certain peace and settled spirit in that verse that Noah can do everything God commanded him to do. Um, and, and there's something to be said for when you have a relationship with God, it naturally produces worship to him. Um, because even when we look at uh, a scripture we know well, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation by prayer and, pr and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love the way the message translation says um, this same verse. It says, instead of worrying, pray. Let the petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let praise shape your worries into prayers. Like when we think about that concept, like our literal in the midst of our toughest seasons, we can turn to God, shift our focus, give him praise and worship, and that will take everything we feel, everything we think, everything that we have in relation to the season, and it will settle our spirit and, and then put us in a position to where we don't come to God in this frantic, hysterical state of, oh my God, what is going to happen? I'm in this tough season. I don't know what to do. But we're instead coming with a peace and an understanding and, and, and an honor to say, you know what, God, I see what I'm going through, but at the end of the day, what matters is you. And I'm going to fix my focus. I'm going to settle my spirit. And I'm going to only do that. I can't settle my spirit myself, but I'm going to come to you and worship. I'm going to come and give you what I have, even though it may not be enough. It may only be, I may not have words. I may be only to raise my hands and sit here in silence, but I'm going to give you the worship and honor and praise that you deserve. And, and and throughout our lives, we know God's going to test us. He's going to judge us or, or challenge us, excuse me, uh, save us and provide for us. And, and every moment or season, we get to grow deeper with him. I mean, the more intimate we become with God, 
the more our innate desire is centered on worshiping him. And, and again, that worship can't be forced or co- coerced. It's going to flow naturally because of the relationship we have um, with him. And we won't have that frantic kind of introduction or, or frantic coming to him in the midst of seasons, but we'll have a praise that again shapes our prayers. Um, and, and just think about that for a minute. Like imagine what that looks like to God. Um when we come to him in this bold confidence, this settled spirit, this shifted focus that that even in the midst of this season, I'm going to still give you praise and I'm going to rest in our prayer and know that you're still on the throne and know that you're going to get through this. And, and just like we said earlier, dealing with a global pandemic and all the social injustice and racism and things we deal with in this world, that we, even in the midst of all of that, can still turn to God and see him for who he is and praise and worship him um, in spirit and in truth. And, and as we can, you know, as I conclude this episode, you know, the, uh, looking at seasons, right? Like a season is a period of time characterized by circumstances and or features, right? Every season we experience has a potential to shape us, mold us, and impact how we f- handle future seasons. But I said this earlier, the one constant in our ever-changing season should be our praise and worship. We have to leverage our praise and worship to hold as a thermostat that no matter what comes our way, that we're able to look in the face of God, meet God face to face, come to him with praise and thanksgiving, and na- and allow him to navigate our, our, our seasons and our lives. And, and we literally... Um, can can see God shifting in our lives. And, and we can't limit ourselves to this idea that praise and worship is just a gift that God gives us. You know, when you think about the primary purpose of praise and worship, it is literally, and we said this earlier, it's, it's for us to minister to him, not him to us. And, and, and don't get me, don't get me wrong. In the moment of praise, yes, God will minister to us, but that's not the why behind our praise and worship. You know, we we can't confuse. And I, I, I saw it. I saw it this way. We can't confuse the purpose of praise and worship with the perks of praise and worship. And, and in our seasons, we want the hand of God to come down and change things. But our main focus is to get in the face of God in the midst of those seasons and allow him to speak to us and connect with us in a way that literally we haven't experienced before. And our worship literally empowers us, it enables us, and it invites the Lord to come close to us um, and meet us in our seasons. Um, and I want to leave you with with the this this words again, another psalm uh, from David, and it's Psalms one forty six six through ten, and it says, "He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts." lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord remains, the Lord reigns forever. And and even as we close this series, I just pray for everybody listening to the sound of my voice. I pray for you that whatever season you're in, 
whatever period of life you're in, whatever whatever moment you find yourself in, that instead of turning to doubt and fear and worry and stress is that you turn and seek the face of God. I pray that your your praising your worship in this season is 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 stronger uh, and and more intentional and, and and not to seek anything from God but just to meet him in the midst of your season. And I pray that that even in that meeting, even in that 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 desired and divine time of your praise and worship with him that he hears you, that that you hear him and that you connect with him in a mighty way. And it's in these things I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Man, I want to thank you all um, so much for for rolling with us another series. Um, And even as I close this one out, I know that God is going to still continue to minister in this this series long after we're done with it. Um, This series has been something that was on my heart and God really challenged me um, even in my own seasons as I, as I went through each of these weeks. And I know that um, even as we leave this series here, that it's going to still impact people. It's still going to impact you. So I encourage you to share it, um, sh- give it to somebody, um, share the link, do all of those things, because this series I, I know will t- literally change our trajectory as, as people as we navigate these seasons. And so definitely encourage you to do those things and just want to again thank you for rolling with us another week and we're going to catch you next week in our new series last series of 2020 perspectives on vantage point peace out see y'all next week